Hi, and welcome to episode 23 of the Hope and Mum and Dad podcast. I'm Becky, and this is Fuzz, and it's Fertility Week this week, so we're here to talk to you with a very special guest about IVF postcode lottery. Um, aside from it being Fertility Week, it's also a bit of a mental week in the world, if not a mental year. Um, there's a lot going on over in America. It's November 2020, and the elections have been going on, so... Still no winner of the election, and uh, we're just hoping that things stay calm because there's a lot of uh, fear of things escalating and getting a bit wild in America so we're just hoping because we've got a lot of friends well and it's not a good thing to happen anyway but like we're just fingers crossed it'll stay civil and calm and Mm. that'll sort itself out anyone watching I didn't mean to suppress a giggle then but we have been having audio issues um with Fuzz's mic if you're watching I'm holding uh a different microphone normally we've got our studio ones but mm-hmm. we're having an issue with one and i can't find our spares so i'm holding this very still i've got to keep it completely mm-hmm. still i am the mic holder we haven't got there yet but in a, a certain stage in your fertility journey you have to have your regular scans um of your uterus and your womb and um Everyone refers to the stick as Wanda. It's like dildo cam for the sonogram, the um, scan. So they call it Wanda. Um, but that's a bit like dildo mic. <laughs> mm. It's very um, phallic. Yep. Um, <laughs> and you just look very statue-like holding it there. like a well, If I mod. move it a tiny bit, it's going to make a horrible noise for mm-hmm. those years. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So we are um, thinking of America and all our friends over there. And waiting with um, anxious breath um, for, to find out whether it's going to be Trump or Biden. Biden. Um, Biden? Yeah. Biden. Biden. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, like I said, it's November 2020 and it's fertility week this week. So there has been so much going on in the trying to conceive community um, with webinars, Instagram lives, podcasts, uh, conversations. And our guest today has... Um, been notorious (laughs) she's suddenly been all over the place on sky news on bbc on the radio and everything else it's amber itzo and she's been doing a really awesome campaign um to put the ivf postcode lottery to an end and to bring equality to ivf and fertility treatment in general um so it's it was a really good chat and i really hope you enjoy it so hi amber how are you Hello, I'm all right, thank you. How are you? It, it's I'm really good, thanks. It's so lovely to have you on the podcast. And this week is Fertility Week 2020. It is. Thank you for having me. No, well, you are a lady in demand this week. You have been <laughs> a very busy girl. Um, I have. So for anyone listening, um, Amber has got celebrity status this week. She's been so in demand. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are for our listeners? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I um, am Amber. So hello. Um, I blog about my infertility mm-hmm. um, and all about our IVF and the journey to get there. But in recent weeks, I have launched uh, a petition and a campaign called Fight for IVF. Um, where our goal is to end the IVF postcode lottery uh, that seems very prevalent in England um, and really across the country, uh, across, well, I say the country, across the whole of the United Kingdom, um, if you compare all the different services that are available. So that's what we've been doing recently. And then, yeah, with Fertility Week, it seems to have just gone wild. 
Yeah, it's really good, but it's um it's such an important topic and it's a really mm. like you said, an important issue and what what you've been doing with the fight for IVF is you've started a petition to get rid of the postcode lottery, is that right? Yes, yeah. yeah. So we're trying to make it equal as in England. Um so the nice guidelines recommend that you get three cycles of IVF funded by the NHS if you're under 40, uh, and then I think it's one round if you're between 40 and 42. Um but more than 80% of CCGs fail to offer that. So where I live, I'm not entitled to any whatsoever. And it's the same under two other CCGs, whereas 10 minutes down the road, I'd be entitled to one and half an hour down the road, I'd be entitled to three. So it's completely bonkers. And we are trying to put a stop to that and make it equal across it's the whole nation. It's absolutely shocking, isn't it? Because like you've mentioned before on online, on your posts, on Instagram and everything, it is not like an elective choice. No one's, um, no one is electing to have IVF. If, if people could just have children naturally and didn't have issues with fertility, then, you know, it wouldn't be a problem. But so often it's seen as like an elective thing. And I think yeah. you've had comments before that you're wasting the NHS's time. Was that? Yeah, something? yeah. I've had comments that I'm wasting resources, that I'm draining their money, um, that there's more important issues. It's not a medical condition. It's a lifestyle choice. There's, like I've chosen to be infertile. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely um, a lot of controversial opinions on it. Yeah, it's just unbelievable that people could be so oh, um, n- not sympathetic and just have no empathy for people. Like, yeah, it's just shocking. I mean, we are so fortunate. Fuzz and I live in Wales. So um, over in Wales, it doesn't matter where you live. Um, everyone's entitled to two full cycles of IVF mm-hmm. and all frozen embryo transfers, as far as I know. And a third cycle, depending on your specific issue with infertility. So yeah. we are we are so lucky. But um, we live in Wales now. But I'm I'm from England. I'm from the northwest in in Wirral, um, and I don't know what the CCG up there is, and I don't even know how you find out. But I was thinking it's so fortunate that we do live here because it's like a toss up. We could have been in England, and we could have been in the yeah. same situation as you. But um, to highlight it for anyone that doesn't know, literally, it just means the postcode lottery. Um, all postcodes and areas are served by a clinical commissioning group yeah. and they decide whether you're allowed to have IVF at all or yeah. if you're allowed one or two cycles. Yeah, uh, it's almost like the money's filtered down, like it kind of goes from NHS England to each CCG and then each CCG decides what provisions they offer in yeah. that area. Um, so it is, it's, it's very backwards the way that they do it. It's chaotic and I suppose it really comes down, the clinical commissioning groups, they all their funding comes from the government. So it's it's a political issue completely. And it is, yeah, it's, um, it's difficult, I think, when obviously the CCGs are under no obligation to follow the guidance. The guidance is nothing but guidance. Um, mm. There are politicians who are very on board with it, um, with ending the postcode lottery. My MP is quite involved um with fertility week yesterday matt hancock the health secretary he tweeted about it and put on twitter that it needs to come to an end um so we have gone back to him and said well what exactly is it that you're planning on doing about it so well and good yeah. saying it's going to end but how um so yeah it's uh it's very complex and i think to be honest i think this campaign only just scratches the surface like there's so much 
your age, your BMI, whether or not your partner has children from a previous relationship, your AMH level, so like your egg reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's bonkers. It really is bonkers the way that it all plays out and yeah. how difficult it is to access treatment. Yeah, I'm just so glad that the traction you've had from the petition has just literally blown up. I mean, I think regardless of Fertility Week or not, you would have had that support, hopefully, because it seemed yeah. to kick off before then, didn't it? And now it's yeah. just exploded. Yeah, we did it so that, um, so for the last few months, I've been working on a video, which I launched at the very beginning of Fertility Week. Mm -hmm. So that was on Monday. That was kind of our official launch, if you like. But Mm -hmm. obviously with Fertility Week, so much goes on in that community that I thought, well, we need to kind of build a bit of momentum prior to that, because otherwise we're just going to get lost. So we did launch the petition um, the Friday before. So it's now been live for about 11 days. Um, and we've just exceeded 11 and a half thousand signatures. So that is amazing. It's done incredibly well. What was your ballpark? Did you have an idea of how many you wanted to have it signed? And did you need to have a certain number for it to be kind of considered? Um, no. So I did personally, because I think that there's been, uh, petitions in the past where they've got, um, kind of 10,000 figures. I think a couple of years ago, Fertility Network did one that exceeded 100,000, but nothing has changed. Everything is still Mm -hmm. exactly the same. So being personally affected by it, I decided, well, I'm going to take this into um, consideration. I'm going to decide I'm going to do this and do whatever I can. So figure-wise, I think by this point, kind of 11 days into it, I was hoping to have around the two three thousand mark i did not expect to have this many this fast i think within a couple of days i was a bit like oh it's never going to get where i want it to get and then it just really started to pick up um and i almost got a bit of imposter syndrome and started getting a bit scared and a bit oh my gosh who am i to do this um but it has if anything the the speed it's grown at has kind of just given me so much more determination to do this and Mm -hmm. the drive has just it's almost like I'm in a Ferrari and I've put my foot (laughs) to the floor like it's it's wild but it's I'm so grateful that it's done this so so grateful yeah and I just think like hats off to you because I know you said you had imposter syndrome but someone's got to do it and I think you're doing a really good job thank you thank you so it will it will be taken to parliament do you think because of the numbers you've got um, I'd like to think so. We haven't done it on the parliamentary website. We have done it through a different website on the basis mm-hmm. that um, with the parliamentary website, once you hit a certain figure, they only have to consider it for yeah. debate. They don't necessarily have to, um, which makes it harder. I think last year they had a ridiculous amount of petitions and only about 60 of them actually got con- got considered and debated. Yeah. Um, so we've gone down a different avenue but a lot of people um i've written a template letter that people can send to their mps uh which a lot of people have been sending um i think we've had about 100 downloads just today so it is going in the right direction to get there and like i say my mp um wants to be very heavily involved we are hoping that matt hancock will do what he needs to do to pull some strings um we've had meetings with different organizations this week that have been really positive so I'm hoping that in time I have no I'm under no illusion that it's going to be a quick process I know full well that for us to get anywhere it's going to be very drawn out but I'm hoping that yeah it will do what it needs to do and it will get to the right people it's really important isn't it and like going back to the political agenda as well obviously um 
the Tories are in at the moment and if they didn't consider it before maybe that's to do with the fact that they often underfund the NHS and mm-hmm. don't give pay rises to their nurses they don't really consider it so people really do need to consider yeah who they're voting for um because I know the Tories in the past have like actively voted down things mm. that go on for the NHS which is sad um but everyone can make a difference I think sometimes with things like this people feel like oh who am I to if I do, if I don't need to do it and if I don't do it, it won't make a difference but I think that's the wrong attitude I think everyone needs to put on their big girl boots and and kind of like like you say download your letter send it to your MP and sign the petition and like vote and get your voices heard because that's That's the only way to get change happening isn't it that's it and that's the thing if we all just sat back and kind of just let it be nothing would ever change um and you know obviously things are the way they are for a reason etc but that doesn't always mean that it's right um and that's the thing when CCGs obviously say that they're they can't afford to do this, they can't afford to do that. There are other services that they are funding actively. And I had this conversation earlier today with somebody else regarding um, this campaign. And the conversation was very much kind of geared towards, I've completely lost my train of thought there, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's terrible. (laughs) But yeah, we were just saying how they... No, I've lost it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, don't be silly. It's fine. What was I it's, saying? Oh wow! Sorry. Speaking to someone. Uh, speaking to someone about um, making a difference and 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 um, the cl- clinical commission groups like they're funding something and not IVF. So they might be funding oh, something that's not not an illness like I don't know um, plastic surgery or something. Oh my gosh! Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I think that is kind of just. Uh, it's the way it is. Oh, that was it. So they talk about how um, when Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, where I live, when they took it off the NHS here, they were saying about how it hasn't had any significant impact on the mental health services. And yet I'm quite intrigued. I've put in a freedom of information request. I haven't heard back yet, but mm-hmm. I'd quite like to know who it is that they've spoken to regarding that because no, it might not have affected their provisions, but I know firsthand that when it was me and when I was diagnosed as infertile and I asked for that mental health support, it took 14 months for me to be seen by anyone. I live in the same region as somebody else who had also requested that help. They weren't referred on the NHS. They had leaflets posted through their door Mm. for external agencies who could offer mental health support. And you think, well, of course it's not impacting your provisions because you're not offering it. So who are you speaking to and who are you to tell me that it's not affecting my mental health when and you've just not spoken to anyone. Just because they're offering it doesn't mean that people are accessing it. And if people are accessing it, it doesn't mean that they're not feeling bad. Like I saw your post That's the other it. day, so many people suffer in silence and feel really mm-hmm. bad. And it takes a long, long time for them to seek help or admit that they need support with mental health because yeah. there's like a social and societal taboo, isn't there, about feeling bad or feeling depressed. So yeah, it, it, they can't just take that you know as one reason why they don't need to fund it like it doesn't no. make sense it doesn't exactly matter. exactly exactly so I'll be very interested to um get that information back mm. through but I think it's really important because it does impact your mental health massively I've been there done that bought the t-shirt yeah and I know from the community that I have online and the people I've spoken to online how many people it really does impact um so to me I think it's 
it's barbaric that they come to that conclusion. And yet, who is it that they've asked? Who is it that they've sat and spoken to yeah. um, to come to that conclusion? So, yeah, I don't know. That's why I'm so pleased as well that you've been on Sky and, and lots of other like radio radio have mentioned you and people outside of the community because um fuzz and i often talk you know on social media especially in the trying to conceive community i think you can get yourself into a bit of an echo chamber because you follow people like you and they follow you and you know you all you hear is the trying to conceive community then but there's lots of other things going on and we need people who aren't affected by fertility issues to be voting and making changes and signing petitions too that's exactly it and i think it's like anything when it comes to any kind of activism or wanting to make any kind of change it doesn't need to affect you for you to care um if something's wrong something's wrong and i think when it comes to fertility and when it comes to trying to conceive you don't know if it's going to affect you until you start and for a lot of people now that's getting older people aren't like my grandparents where they're having kids at 21 anymore they're getting older and so that time scale is significantly smaller Mm -hmm. and if you don't know until you get there well you know, at 26, 27 years old, you're not necessarily going to know that. So the way I see it is you you should care about something that's wrong, whether it impacts you or not. Yeah, because it likelihood is it's going to affect, it's one in six people. So it's likely to affect your your children or your friend or your colleague or someone yeah. you know will be affected by it, whether you know it or not. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think a lot of people choose not to talk about it. You know, I mean, most people aren't as open as I am, um, but pe- people still just on a day-to-day basis don't, talk about it so there are a lot of people I think that have certain opinions of it or talk about it in a certain way or don't think it affects anyone they know when chances are they they do work with someone who's been through it or their neighbor next door who hasn't got kids didn't just not want any kids maybe she couldn't um so there's a lot to consider that I don't think people people do consider because they're not aware of it it's not spoken about enough yeah and that's why your work on Instagram and podcasts like this are so important just for people to Mm -hmm. listen and know and understand um so before you mentioned that in your in your clinical commissioning group your postcode you don't get any funding for IVF no none whatsoever we've had to go private yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about that just so you can talk about your experience and why it's so important to you personally as well yeah I think I mean we've been trying coming up to six years it'll be six years in the spring um and it took me a really long time to get referred anyway i think we'd i kept pushing because it was taking so long um i think in all honesty the first year we weren't actively trying it was just a case of i'd come off the pill and after about a year we were like "Hmm, we've been pretty irresponsible and nothing's happened here um so then straight away my brain's asking questions as to why um my mum has polycystic ovarian syndrome so i knew the symptoms And I fit the bill with that. So I kept going to my doctor and asking to be tested, but I kept getting told that I was young and it was just a bad period and all the rest of it. Um, Eventually I got diagnosed with that, but then nothing, still nothing was happening. Um, And we kept pushing and pushing and pushing. In 2017, they, our CCG removed IVF from the NHS. It was meant to be as a temporary measure um, and they were going to review it in 2019. So by that point, it already wasn't on the NHS and oh. it then took us until 2018 to get referred to the fertility clinic. So we had been trying for three years by this point. Um, our fertility nurse thought that I had endometriosis and that was why we weren't conceiving. So I was sent for a laparoscopy, which is keyhole surgery. Um, 
and they found that I didn't have endometriosis, but instead both of my fallopian tubes were completely blocked. So I came around from that operation and was told that I wouldn't be able to conceive naturally uh, and we needed IVF or it was never going to happen. On top of that, my husband also has low morphology. Mm -hmm. um, So his sperm don't kind of, the easiest way I can describe it is like they either don't grow heads or tails. Um, So they're not, properly formed so we we also needed ICSI which is a slightly more complex version of IVF um and then yeah after that we kind of went back to an appointment and our nurse said to us well unfortunately you don't get any funding for IVF here so from here on in you're going to need to make your own way there's nothing more that we can do for you um I then had my tubes removed um and that was in the March of 2019 and they were meant to be reviewing the funding for NHS um, IVF in the April and it kept getting postponed and eventually they discussed it in the August um, and we were so, so hopeful that they were going to bring it back and an MP, I think her name is Jackie Jackie Doyle Price or maybe the other way around, um, a couple of MPs got involved and sent letters basically saying that it should be reinstated mm-hmm. um, but re- so we were really positive because we thought, oh, it's getting all this, all this traction and um, obviously MPs are getting involved, but yeah, they, they turned around and said, no, we're removing it indefinitely. So after that, we then had to go privately, um, and two cycles down, we are still not pregnant. So it's yeah. been a, been a wild ride. And that's the, just the, the horrible thing about it all. Mm. No one really has the savings that you need for IVF treatment privately. I know some people are really savvy with money and really good and they'll save, but no one really has that in mind when they're saving. Like, oh, I'm just going to spend five plus grand on trying to get pregnant and grow my family. Like no one thinks that. And I mean, I know there's different... there's loads of different clinics have different schemes and stuff where you have a certain number of cycles with them for a certain price mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's just, um, it is just criminal that so many people are having to pay for it when other people just get it for free. That's it. That's it. I think it, you know, the nice guidelines are that you get so many attempts and if it doesn't work after that, then fine, then go privately. And you do, if, you know, if after those three attempts, you, your body still has it in you to do it, go for it um but everybody should be entitled to the same amount and i think that is where there's such an injustice um and that's what makes it so hard because you know that just because of where you live you're not entitled to the same treatment as everybody else and the one of the nhs's key principles is that access to treatment is based on medical need and not your ability to pay and yet for some reason infertility falls exception to the rule despite the fact that the world health organization define it as a disease um so it is it's really difficult to fathom i think when you're especially when you're directly impacted by it because you're really at the brunt of the injustice so yeah it's um it's really not a very nice situation to be in no it's just it's just shocking and yeah i just i just I, I'm just, just speechless because the words, there's just not the words for it, is there? It's not no. it's not fair. That's what it comes down to. Um, but yeah, going back to Parliament, like hopefully, like you said, Matt Hancock will put his money where his mouth is and do something about it and not just... I'd like and, to think so. That's wave, it. I think wave a flag and say, yeah, yeah. for it. Well, do something, please. <laughs> That's it. I think, I mean, our plan at the moment, if you like, is... Um, letters to the ccg we start off at the bottom and then make our way up but Mm -hmm. um 
after his after his tweet yesterday, I think whether or not we go and directly to him. I yeah. think Hayley, who's the lady I'm um, kind of working with on this, she's helping me with this campaign. We kind of set it up together. Yeah. Um, I think we're we're due a bit of a strategy meeting, if you like, to kind of review that because yeah. I'm wondering whether we should just go straight yeah. in, straight for the jugular. I, I think so. And maybe even speak to the opposing party member because even though they might not have a seat in parliament personally, they'll be able to take it back to their party. Like Labour could have a think and then they could argue it, you know? Yeah, that's it. I think obviously the difficulty when it comes to CCGs is that they're they're, they're independent in the sense that they can, regardless of what the government say, they can make their own rules with it. And there are ways that obviously parliament can heavily influence it. So we're hoping that that is the way that things go is they do seem quite on board with that. Um, and, you know, everybody knows at the moment the NHS is very stretched. We're all aware of that. We're all aware of the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic, which certainly doesn't make things easier. Um, but everything else still goes on. And I think yeah. that that's important to remember that there will come a time where coronavirus has ended and yeah. everything else is still the way it was. So, yeah. It needs to be addressed. I think yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say when we were talking about the postcode thing too. Um, I'm, I'm losing it now as well. <laughs> it's contagious. <laughs> it is. Um, I was gonna say. No, no, it wasn't about pressure about politics. It was something else. So we'll just leave that for a second. <laughs> um, so, um, is it? Are you having a break from IVF for now because yes. of funding and the fact that there's none for you, which isn't fair? Yeah, I think um, there were a multitude of reasons why we decided that we'd stop. I think our last round failed um, right at the beginning of lockdown. We found out it hadn't worked. Um, people's cycles were getting cancelled around the time that we were in our two-week wait. Um, and we did two rounds within pretty much back-to-back. -back. Um, we did our first round November last year and then started again um, in February this year. And it it really takes its toll on your mind, on your body. And yeah. we kind of got to a point where we thought, right, well, we're running out of money at quite a rapid rate here. Um, mm. Obviously, because of COVID, um, my husband, he's a hairdresser, so he had to stop working. Yeah. Um, so the money wasn't coming in as such. So we kind of just thought that it was it was a good time to stop and have a break and just try and enjoy life just us two because i think yeah. it, i think it's really important to kind of figure out your life outside of infertility it's so easy for it to completely consume you and to let it define you almost um and especially with kind of the work i do in the sense that I blog about it. I have a YouTube channel all about it. Mm -hmm. My whole life near enough is just in an infertility bubble that my husband yeah. isn't necessarily always in because he doesn't do all of that. So when we're yeah. not having treatment for him, it's quite easy to switch off from it. Whereas I can't do that. Um, so I'd hit a point where I was like, no, I need a break now. Like we need to just try and figure out life outside of infertility, try and figure out, you know, if, if this never happens for us, I want to still enjoy my life and yeah. don't want to spend my whole life wishing that it had been a different way. I want to create a life that works for me if it mm -hmm. doesn't work. Um, so we definitely needed that time off, but we also definitely needed that time to save the money because yeah. like I say, for some reason, we're not entitled to it. So, yeah. well, um, so we're, yeah. 
we're just so fortunate because we would be like we wouldn't be able to afford it privately we would Mm -hmm. just have to start from the bottom and start saving and yeah yeah I just I feel so grateful but I'm my heart breaks for you that you don't have it um and and going back to um the postcode lottery thing it's it's going to escape me again but I was going to say um you know um the break is really important but you have to remember that so so many of us fall into it you forget that you are a person as well because you're you're all consumed by the fertility journey and being mm-hmm. infertile and the mental health starts being effective affected you do everything you can to prepare yourself for IVF or prepare yourself for pregnancy and you forget that you're you you know yeah. so like you say it's so important to like re- come back to yourself and remember like I need to enjoy life with my husband or my partner or whoever it yeah. is and I mean it's I think we're all we've all fallen fallen to, into that trap as it were and, yeah. and like lost ourselves in it and forgot what makes us happy before this and outside yeah. of this because it's so easy to forget forget I that. completely agree and I think especially like even in the lead up to IVF I quite often get asked like how do I prepare myself for it and what changes do I make leading up to IVF and I won't do that anymore whereas mm-hmm. the first cycle I was so strict with myself for months leading up to the cycle yeah. I think um we didn't start until the November but as of kind of end of June July time I was like, I'm not drinking. So I completely mm-hmm. cut out alcohol, um, really limited my caffeine, was eating all these green stuff and fish and <laughs> all all these things when really what I wanted to do was sometimes when I was feeling a bit hormonal or I'd had a bad day at work, all I wanted was a coffee and a donut. Um, yeah. And I, w- I wouldn't let myself have that. And there was a t- like during the IVF, I wouldn't have any baths because I was like, oh, no, so-and-so on mum's net said that's really bad and I I really fell into the trap of doing everything completely by the books and I wouldn't paint my nails because apparently all these toxins and you think the second time I was I'm not doing this anymore I can't do that because as much as I absolutely hate it when people say just relax when you're going through IVF you almost have got to let yourself relax because if you're stressing about the medication and the journey itself and your egg collection and whether it's worked or not the last thing you need to do is not let yourself do anything that you enjoy just for you like self-care is so important because it can go on for years that's it exactly i'm not that's it i'm not i'm not doing it anymore so eventually when we go for our third round i'll just do what i do obviously there's certain changes that i'll make like you won't you know if you're drinking five six coffees a day yeah you should probably rein that Turn in a it bit, down a but bit. <laughs> that's it but I'm not going to go out my way to sit there and eat the core of a pineapple and 10 liters of pomegranate juice a day and all of these mm. mythical things that people suggest work yeah. you, you have to look after yourself and do what you enjoy doing otherwise yeah. you drive yourself crazy definitely I think I've just remembered as well off the back of that the postcode thing I was going to say the unhelpful comments that people give you Uh, you've just mentioned one like just relax and I was imagining that if you've got the postcode lottery people are probably like why don't you just move you know but yeah that that is just a ridiculous thing to say isn't it and I'm sure people have said it to you I'm sure oh absolutely absolutely like a lot of people have said it um because we're so where my dad lives he would fall under an area where we will get it and we've tried little things like it's it's down to where your doctor's surgery is as opposed to where your house is so yeah we did ring up the doctor's surgery near my dad and say would, would we be able to register and they, they wouldn't let us um yeah. shop um but it's things like that and we did 
kind of speak about the possibility of moving. But when you consider how much moving <laughs> actually costs, yeah. we'd be spending the same, if not more. Um, yeah. We're very fortunate uh, with our house, etc. that we just to move, we'd be increasing our mortgage payments and things like that. And you think, yeah. well, in the long run, it's not worth it. Yeah, detrimental um, to your life. You're not bloody yeah. hermit crabs, are you? You can't no, just like, take your shell off and like, move down the road. Just go. But that's it. And you've got to think about work and everything else. My husband works from home, but we have clients come here. And my work at the time was in the opposite direction. So I'd have just been increasing my journey time. It, yeah. it just wasn't worth it. And I think for some people it is, but I don't know many people from the people I've spoken to that have really yeah. given it serious thought because yeah. it's it's just not practical really it is a really not useful comment but it's sad that your mind also goes there <laughs> you, yeah. someone said it to you it. you think oh maybe I should because you're desperate you know yeah you think what can I do to get this because you want it so much you literally yeah. think of every every option could I That's do this and, could I do that and sometimes I think if you don't do that if people suggest things and you're like oh no because of this there's part of you that kind of think, God, do I not want it enough? Like, is that, should I be doing that? If these people are saying I should do it. But I think it's very easy for people who aren't going through it to, humans want to solve problems. And I think that's what I've learned, that when people make these unhelpful comments and sometimes very insensitive comments, Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, unless it's Joe Bloggs on Facebook commenting on something that's just completely unsolicited, nine times out of 10, it comes from a good place and <laughs> sorry that was a firework <laughs> so maybe jump um yeah so I think nine times out of ten people are it does come from a good place and when people say things to you like just adopt or just relax or oh my cousin's uncle's brother's dog's breeder tried this and it worked for her it comes from a good place because people don't know what to do. But the yeah. reason people don't know what to do is because people don't talk about it, that they yeah. don't, they're not used to that situation. So, oh, you've given me a problem and that problem makes me feel uncomfortable. So here is a solution. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think, why don't you move house kind of just falls yeah. into that, into that category. Yeah. I'm in education and I think even past the uh, clinical commissioning groups, we need to um, revolutionize um, sexual and relationships education so it includes fertility issues so that I completely agree people just don't go around thinking like as soon as I have sex I'm gonna get pregnant you used to think if you touched a willy you're just gonna <laughs> exactly exactly I have this conversation quite a lot because um, at school you're only ever taught like you're taught a standard period and mm-hmm. this is what it is and if you have sex any other time you're going to get pregnant. It's like, um, I'm hoping you've seen Mean Girls, but they're there going, you know, you you have sex, you will get pregnant and you'll die. And that is pretty much what you're taught at school. (laughs) Um, Maybe without the gruesome death, but it it just kind of, um, you're not taught about all the different things and signs to look out for. Um, And I always remember there was me and a girl uh, who I was very good friends with at school in the same form. And we would have, we were always having, um, like whenever either of us were on our periods, it would always be us two that were sat in form going, we're in so mm-hmm. much pain. We would be the ones that went into school with heat packs and all the rest of it. And yeah. not once were we ever even thinking of oh, this isn't normal. Um, yeah. Or your female teachers at school saying, no, oh, that's exactly. Not like, that's not natural. Exactly. And yet now I'm the one with polycystic ovaries and infertile and she has endometriosis. And if we'd have been taught that, then maybe we'd have known that before it came to a time where it mattered. Um, 
whereas obviously you know you're not you're not taught any of it like you're not taught that you can only get pregnant on a couple of days um it's yeah it's really not sex sex education i think really needs turning on its head and gps need to consider what women are going through and listen and believe in them when they say that they think they have pcos because i so yeah. often hear that online that people just are ignored and it takes years to get a diagnosis yeah. and had had that not been the case for you i mean you can't live like that and think what if but had that not been the case maybe you would have been in on the right side of the clinical commissioning group actually yeah. funding your ivf exactly like, exactly i'd have been just... on the right side of the postcode lottery it's it's completely bonkers. And I think I, I remember hearing something on the news. I think, it, I think it was last year. And they were saying on average, it takes 10 visits to the GP before somebody's diagnosed with endometriosis. Um, um, it's just, it's ridiculous because whenever it comes to kind of um, women and women's health, they're just, they just don't take it seriously. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just a bad period. Um, and this is what I mean. I think nine out of 10 doctors I saw were male and, as much as obviously they have some medical knowledge of the female anatomy and the way that mm. the uterus works, et cetera, et cetera, they, who are they to tell me that my period is just a bad period and that I've just got a low pain threshold. It's, yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, yeah. And funny enough, it was a female doctor that referred us in the end. So oh, yeah. there we go. Well, hopefully it's that empathy. Oh, hello. What's your dog's name? <laughs> His Come name is Bruce. Us. He's, yeah, the fireworks are going yeah. off and I think he's got a bit scared. Bless him. Aren't the little you? firework party's frightening him. Oh, he's, he it. looks gorgeous. For any of our listeners not watching on YouTube, he's got a beautiful sparkly <laughs> dicky bow on. <laughs> He'd make a gorgeous little boyfriend for Coco. Oh, he's lovely, aren't you? He's oh, hello. Look at him, it's the poor okay. thing. Oh, well, um, it's been amazing to talk to you, Amber. Thank you so much. And um, we'll, make, we'll make sure to include the um, links for your um, petition in the, in Brilliant. the Thank podcast you. notes. And maybe if you send me like information about the download to write to your MP as well, that would be yeah, really amazing. Cool. And can amazing, you tell, yeah. tell people where they can follow you on Instagram and on your blog and everything? Yeah, so my blog is just amberitso.com. Um, it's so i double z o uh and you can download the letter to your mp on there we have a whole page on fight for ivf um on youtube just amber itso and my instagram is amber dot itso um but yeah the campaign is just fight for ivf on all social media so you should be able to find us quite easily oh thank you so much amber and bruce it's been amazing (laughs) to talk to you and we'll be keeping up keeping up with uh how things go on and i hope you have a lovely evening tonight and happy birthday for tomorrow oh thank you (laughs) cool thanks for having me thank you so i loved that conversation with amber um it was really nice to talk to her because I've been following her for a while and I, I'm just so glad that she's got so much success over the um, the campaign and lots of signatures on the petition and it's just made me feel super lucky that we're in Wales. Um, we have two free cycles funded by the NHS here for yeah. everyone regardless of where you live so we're very, very, very lucky. And um, like the point that I kind of just want to make is that like uh whenever politics or the word politics comes up people just roll their eyes and they think oh it's not you know i don't want to talk about it but i think we all need to get away from that and just and just very calmly and respectfully get into it because it mm-hmm. affects people's lives like starting a family and needing ivf is a huge thing in people's lives mm-hmm. and it is political because and again i i want to i don't i'm not stang, i'm not sticking up for the clinic commission uh clinical commissioning groups 
yeah, I mean, like, I'm not sticking up for him, but at the same time, I think, you know, they've got a really tough job, so maybe all this sort of anger and frustration might be a bit misdirected because, mm. you know, if you give someone, like, a 100, you know, 100 points and they've got to mm. spend it on cancer treatment, uh, you know, prenatal stuff, postnatal stuff, end-of-life care, mm-hmm. like, somewhere, peop- you know, basically, people um, depend on it for their lives. And, yeah. and, like, having a family is just as important, or I say it's very important, but I think the act that we might be misled the, the a little bit. The CCGs are stuck between a rock and a hard place, really. Not really, they're... yeah. I mean, but there's not infinite money, and yeah, at the same because time... because they're only given a set of money. Yeah, so uh, maybe the answer could be to give them more money yeah yeah and that would be the government deciding yeah well like the you know it's 2020 it's november 2020 we have we've got a tory government and we have done for a long time and they've literally voted down like a month or two ago there was a a pay rise for nurses and they Mm -hmm. voted against it but not only that they were like you know smiling and laughing at people and yeah laughing at the opposition so and also people have been like that government have been stopping free school meals like it's um that's a hot topic as well it people, is a hot topic and it's not related to so, this but you know but my two my two cents on that though is mm. that like you know people saying oh the parents should feed their kids they can't well yeah i mean if you the point i think that's fair to say is that yeah parents are meant to feed their kids but sometimes people have really unfortunate things happen. Yeah. And in those circumstances... Like a pandemic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there is nothing, there's nothing bad or wrong about, like, trying to keep kids who, you know, might be coming from families that have had a hard time. Because, I mean, the pandemic has stopped loads of people working. Yeah. You included. Yeah. Yeah. But so I think we all need a bit more compassion and just sort of think yeah. about these, you know, like, they're not... Obviously, people... You know, the, the some people are saying, oh, people are scamming the system and they just want to use the minions. And they might be. But yeah. at the same time, you can't, just because of those people, you can't not feed the kids that actually need help and stuff. Yeah, I think Amber touched on as well, like, you never really know what anyone is going through. No, like, and there's always going to be people that are, like, taking, you know, taking the mick. But you can't punish everyone yeah. on, on them. You need to... Um, you know, lots of people she was saying just want to help and it comes all from a good place. So we need those people and people who aren't experience, experiencing fertility issues to think about things like this and um, sign petitions and vote for the right people. I, I, it I'm all really, comes down to voting. Yeah, I'm really terrible. Like, I, I'm really busy. So I just see bits and bobs on the internet and, and read a bit here and there. But I generally get home from work, work again, and then get exhausted and go to bed. But I know that over in America, one of the... Um, uh, it must be the senators. Um, one of them is like threatening to stop IVF over there, and obviously that's not NHS funded. But you know, some of them oh, are like anti-abortion ethic- and stuff. Yeah. Um, but ethically, based on ethical grounds. So, uh, in America, especially, like voting, voting really will affect them and IVF. So it's important to like stay. It's state by state over there as well. Mm. Like I don't even think it would. But that as well, coming back to what I said about sex education and how that needs to change, so does political education because not enough children are taught about it. It Mm. needs to happen all the time. So vote, don't roll your eyes Mm -hmm. when people talk about politics. It's really important. It affects everyone. And, you know, just look at what's going on. Yeah. And if you want to make a change, 
do it. Then you need to do something different. We need yeah. something different than what's going on now because yeah. it's not... It's to be big... fair, I think most of our listeners are probably not happy with the government too. Yeah. Because and... they're all fed up that their treatment's been cancelled or delayed or... But that's not the government's fault, to be honest. That's the pandemic. Hmm. Like... I, you you got to give them like I can't even believe I'm saying this, but you got to give them a <laughs> bit of slack. You got to let you got to give people the benefit of the doubt and stuff. But they've run out of that sympathy from me now because yeah. they've repeatedly ignored scientists. Mm-hmm. And now I don't even want to think about our treatment because we you know if everything went to plan and you know they did you know the scientists have said in England anyway they said over a month ago they they called for a for a two week lockdown. But they ignored it to try. The government ignored them to try and mm. save money, and now they've got. They're gonna probably go into a month long plus. Yeah. So mm. when will they learn? When will they learn? Just listen to the scientists. They yeah. know what's up. Like they don't know a hundred percent, but they know better than everyone else. And if you just ignore them, yeah. And obviously, it's frustrating for us then because, you know, if. Holds if, us back with our treatment. Yeah, and that might sound selfish to some people, mm. but, you know, we're probably going to... We're allowed to be selfish sometimes. Yeah, but on top of that, people people are going to die. Yeah. And, like, that's not good. Yeah. And people... And the thing that I think is not talked about enough is the fact that just because you get it and you get over it and you don't die doesn't mean you don't have serious problems from it. Like, I... I I play I used to play anyway um ice hockey mm-hmm. and you know I've I'm friends with uh, a, a buddy of mine who's like I think he's like probably like 45 if he's listening and mm-hmm. I got that wrong and mm-hmm. I'm trying to be generous but yeah. mm-hmm. um he fit you know fit guy you know plays ice hockey you know not overweight Otherwise like generally healthy generally you know pretty good and he's it's been a couple of months for him now, and he he said he can't walk on the block. He walks yeah. on the block, he's in pieces, and that scares the shit out of me. And did he have to be hospitalised, or he just? I don't think so. I think yeah. he had it, got over it, but he it's it's just wrecked his lungs. Yeah. And as someone who, you know, I you use your lungs a lot. <laughs> I I rely on um <clears throat> I rely on, you know, doing a lot of physical fitness. Yeah. But to keep me well mentally well like without like last week you know i I didn't train because we had all these storms and stuff coming in Mm -hmm. and i felt horrible still do still feel really bad so yeah yeah so we we need some we need a better government yeah because it's just a joke it's a heavy time it's a crazy year and we need to vote so we need to vote and make a difference for all these things yeah and going back to fertility with Fertility Week, it's um, a full-on week. Um, it's a full-on week, a full-on year, a full-on month. Loads of things are happening and it can get a bit heavy and feel horrible. So make sure that you reach out and talk to people when you need to and come and talk to us and listen to things like this that hopefully will lift your spirits. Mm. And you don't um, have to agree with us. No. Like, no. I, you know, I... Come and tell us if you don't. Yeah. We'd like to know. And I think I think we need, you know, uh, that documentary we watched the other day, The Social Dilemma, that mm-hmm. highly recommend it. Like, go and watch that documentary. It's it's just nuts. Mm-hmm. It's not even shocking, but it's, 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 it's a really good documentary. But it kind of brings us back to everyone needs to listen to everyone, be more civil, yeah. be more aware. Be more present. Yeah. <laughs> I think just, you know... 
if you want to do a little rain dance and check some salt over your shoulder and hope that we get our uh, IVF date soon, it's probably not going to happen. But yeah. I'm still gonna. I'm going to be a pessimistic optimist and yeah. just think that it could happen. And um, we're just really sorry and, um, you know, wish it wasn't the case that some people are, uh, refuse treatment and have to fund it themselves. And obviously, like I said, we're really grateful. But I said it, I didn't say it before, but I was really surprised. I think there's five, there's five CCGs. What are they called? The Commissioning Clinic No, there'll groups. be more than that. No, no, there's f no, but that's what they are, though, right? Clinical CCGs. commissioning yeah, yeah. groups, yeah. There's five of them that don't offer it, I think, Is at it? all. Under 40, or I think you've got to be over for Anyway. No, I think there's more than five. No, there's... I can't remember what No, I'm no, no, saying. like five don't offer any. Five across the whole of the United Kingdom? Yeah. You think it's that few? I th think so. I don't think so. I think it's more than that. But then there's, there's not parity between anything else, is it? Because some some places you get more and some you don't yeah so but um yeah but yeah the point that i was the, the thing that i thought was kind of weird was that the, the uh, cambridge mm. is quite an affluent place I think, so like it I, how does it work well i think it um that's like a sweeping statement isn't it because everywhere that i think it's pretty obviously true that it, Cambridge is a pretty no everywhere place. has areas of deprivation and lower income everywhere so I think you might be right in the generalization and that maybe is why maybe that's why they make the assumptions that people can fund it themselves I don't know but it's uh, not well, like the that, case. I didn't even think that's what I mean I didn't even know how that would factor into it because I have thought to do if, a bit of research and if, have a look at no. which which CCGs don't offer funding and where they are and whether that's the case but I don't I don't think it's fair regardless no it's not I was just I was surprised because I thought if you come if it's an affluent area and there's yeah. lots of money, you know, from taxes and things going in and whatever, yeah. then why would it not have it? I don't know, but all I know is that I'm really grateful for people like Amber Itzo for starting campaigns mm. like this and for sharing their life so openly and raising awareness around fertility. I know she's been doing it for a really really long time and she's really candid and you know, honest about what she's been through and it's not been easy. So. And it's, it's, a, it's a bit... Thanks, Amber. It's, a, it's horrible that... Well, it's not horrible, but it's kind of um, sad that she's... They've stopped for now, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if really it wouldn't sad. be awesome if we could just, like, sna like snap our fingers and, yeah. and just go... Boom! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it just feels yeah. horrible because you just want to help and yeah. there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. Agree. It's it's madness. Anyway, on a brighter note, we hope you have a lovely week and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.